Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching, worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit LifeWay.com slash Feast to learn more. This is the Mark Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heinemann and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Hi, welcome to the Mark Podcast. Today, I'm with Kelly. Hey! Hey! Hello, and we are going to talk about churches at Christmas. Churches at Christmas. Yes. This is going to be fun. It will be. So previously, Mary Margaret and I talked about Christian pop culture and all the crazy weird things that we do um, in pop culture as Christians and like all the plays that we perform, the music we listen to. And we're not making fun of it. We're just saying things happen or that these are Unique. Right. It's very unique to Christian culture. Yes. And um, like we said in that episode, a lot of this stuff ended up teaching us very real truths about the gospel, about who Jesus is, about the Bible. And so we're really grateful for it. But if we take ourselves out of the (laughs) equation for a minute and try to look at it from the outside, some of it's kind of weird. That's true. And so we wanted to talk specifically about Christmas because we're starting to think about Christmas. That's right. It's around the corner. Yes. And we're starting to think about Advent. So we wanted to just talk about Christmas traditions that are in the church specifically. So let's start with, we asked you on Instagram, what kind of Christmas traditions you remember from your church. And so many of you talked about candlelight services. Candlelights and animals, (laughs) right? Yes. Right. And so we think it's funny that you know, any other time of year, a lot of churches, you're not even allowed to bring drinks into the sanctuary <laughs> so true. or anything like that. But at Christmas, we give all the little children open flames, open and, flames. and let them go with it. Yeah. And okay, I, I actually had like our church in Oklahoma, uh-huh. we would have two services and I've had to clean up in between. Yes. And have you ever had to clean up wax from the carpet? <laughs> I have not, but not a fun thing. I was a church secretary at a church right after they redid the sanctuary. There was much talk about which candle guards to get because oh, there's yeah. like the little wrapper around yes. the base of the candle that helps to catch all the wax. And so we had to like test some out and figure out which ones were the most safe and would because we didn't want to go. Some churches do fake candles now and and we and didn't want to do just, that. I know. Yeah. And it's not this. But I do. I 
do think that might be a good idea for children. Right. Maybe you have yeah. two buckets, one for children. Yeah. Uh, but but I just, you, it's just not yeah. as much fun. <laughs> and I don't know if the Christmas Eve service would be the same without the subtle hint of like so true. burnt hair. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I have been behind some people whose hair caught on fire yeah. in the middle of the church Mm-hmm. candlelight service yeah and there's nothing more terrifying than have, having two small children one on each side of you and your husband and you are trying to like navigate like right what what what's the plan here yeah. if this goes down you i know? can't imagine those with like even bigger families like how you figure out who's Ooh. who's the responsible buddy to hold the hold the candles and but yeah. it is such a beautiful picture oh, yeah and something that i'm thankful that my church has done growing up my church now does it yeah. um and it's such a like usually they turn off all the lights mm-hmm. and a lot of churches sing silent night. That's what we always sing. Yeah, and it's such a beautiful. Do you cry? Thing. I cry. I get. I, I get teary. I do get teary, and then I like usually something catches on fire <laughs> that takes it out of the moment. <laughs> but it is it is a very special moment and such it a is. beautiful picture of Jesus being the light of the world and bringing the light to others. It is and just lighting up that dark room. With so many little lights, and it's such yeah. a beautiful picture of the gospel. I feel like, and the gospel spreading. It is. I mean, because it, it, it that picture of like you go from this room that's really mm-hmm. kind of dim and dark, right. and then you see the light spreading, and mm-hmm. and really that is the hope of the gospel, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah, I know it's I a lot. It's <laughs> special. It, did okay. So my kids are still mad at me about uh-huh. their childhood and okay. candlelight because. Yes. Our church really promoted that they could wear their pajamas because mm. our candlelight was at 11 p.m. Okay. to midnight. Right. So then which you strike I absolutely hated. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. hated that because if you are a parent of small children, <laughs> right. the night before Christmas, the last thing you need is at midnight to be trying to drag them out yes. and in their pajamas, all that. But my kids are still mad at me because I wouldn't let them wear pajamas. I just, oh, I, I know. Not I was, even their matching Christmas jammies? No, no. <laughs> I was, because they had really Christmas, cute Christmas clothes. Yeah, and so, that's true. And oh. you only get so many, like, Sundays to wear exactly. those and to dress up. And, yeah. They're still bitter, though. They're just I like, can understand that. Yeah. Um, Mason Michelle on Instagram okay. said that she, every year they go to a candlelight service with their whole family. And then at the end, after the service is over, her sisters, herself, and her uncle stick their candles together and see how big of a flame they can make. (laughs) And I'm wondering if this happens indoors or once they get to the parking lot, because I feel like that could be a situation in in. With the church pews and all the hairspray for the you know pretty Christmas outfits and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, so if you put them all together, I mean, don't they take them up after the? Like after it depends on the church. I guess it does. I feel like if we took them away, like and we had buckets like pictures, yeah, candles in the buckets. And sometimes there's the directive to blow them out, and then sometimes there's the directive oh, to like leave, like leave the church with, the tr- with it. That's true. Still lit. So I guess it just depends on your church, but. Yeah. So candlelight services are a beautiful memory for many of That's us. True. Another fun one. You mentioned animals before. Yes. Are all the Christmas pageants. Yes. So yes. one of my favorite books when I was little is The Best Christmas Pageant Ever. I do remember that one. <laughs> yeah. I do. And I think I, I read it to my kids. <laughs> yes. It's a fun it's a fun book. But uh it kind of talks about some of the disasters that can happen uh-huh. with uh-huh. Christmas pageants, especially those with live animals. I, Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's been a lot of those, I feel like, in the um, in the history of because the church. Because animals do what animals do. You know? And babies. 
we were talking before True. we hit record That's about right. how every church, like, you know, whichever baby is born right before Christmas, December, mm-hmm. like that's baby Jesus. That's baby Jesus. And be. you just know that that's going to be baby Jesus in the Christmas pageant. And um, someone on Instagram, let me see if I can find her name. I still remember, like we had, okay, so like in the pageant, like one of the angels was uh-huh. like dancing and like they would pa- pass it from one angel to the other. Jesus? They passed oh baby my Jesus. <laughs> yes. And it, it was just a little nerve wracking because yeah. you're thinking, don't drop baby Jesus. Right. Don't, don't drop him. One mm-hmm. time... A lot of times we had a doll play baby Jesus because yeah. that's a little more predictable. You know that you don't, no yeah, crying he true. makes in the manger, you know. <laughs> but uh, there were a few times we had a, a live baby if there was one in the right age. Um, Sherry Winstead said one time her youngest son was baby Jesus, and he was seven months old at the time. Oh, so, so he's crawling. He's you crawling know, out of the manger. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure he was very still and quiet for that whole performance. You almost want a newborn because newborns really, yes. they will sleep a lot and they right. can handle a lot. I mean, it can be either way. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Our son Connor was, he was little boy uh-huh. Jesus. He was not baby Jesus. Right. But you have to know my son is... <laughs> <laughs> Blue-eyed, red-haired, yeah. so probably doesn't look anything probably like what not. Jesus looked like. Uh, but it was he played Jesus. He played Jesus. He was actually five, but we pretended he was three. Okay, and he, I mean, and it was several nights. Like it yeah. was like four nights of performances, right? And to keep up a little child even that long, and yeah. he would have to stand there while the wise man brought him the gifts, and he would. Had to stand there very still <laughs> and just kind of nod at I'm the I'm sure wise he was men. great at that as a five-year-old boy. You know what? He actually did really, really good. good. He did. <laughs> I think he was so tired. He didn't <laughs> yes. know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was in college, I was part of a whole production. And w- there's yes. uh, there was another element we'll get to in a second of the yes. living Christmas tree. Oh, yes. But then there were all these people around the um, manger who were worshiping Jesus. And it was funny because our friends signed up just because we told them to. It was uh-huh. a very like, let's just all do let's this do together. This. It'll be so fun and easy. And the director, they were shepherds. And the director was like, you have to grow a beard. And we're like in the middle of finals week. <laughs> Yeah. And we had to go to like all these performances and play our role. And it's just funny to me how sometimes yeah. it's very serious. It's a very serious production every year. Oh, yes. And so it was it was a lot of fun, but we and we have some great memories, but there were some yeah. moments where we were studying behind the <laughs> behind the stage. <laughs> we're like writing papers and stuff. That's that's awesome. I mean, yeah. my my husband was a shepherd one time as okay. well. This was early in our marriage, and one of our friends was directing, and mm-hmm. she is like on it, like she's serious about this. Yes. and they the shepherds were cutting up in the back, <laughs> no. and they were supposed to be like the star was supposed to right. be shining on them. They were supposed to be walking towards the manger, <laughs> and she like yells like, you know, holy family, start walking, in. <laughs> you know, just all of this. And so anyway, and then I I tease him because he. I think I can say this on the podcast, but he looked like he was more constipated than he was like <laughs> starstruck, like when he walked down the aisle. Yeah. So it just, I don't know, it just is a humorous memory yeah. for us. But okay, so, but when you did that in college, don't mm-hmm. you think like those times, even though it was a lot of work right. and you spend a lot of evenings together, mm-hmm. 
one of the things that come out of that is really some great community. For sure. It I mean, was, your church we comes together. We were definitely together. part of the bigger church, and yeah. that was really fun to see. Like, our college ministry leaders were in the living Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and, you know, kids that we had known just from serving in children's ministry were part of it, too. And so it was a fun time to be, like, a part of the church family and be really yeah. inside the group. Yeah. And, and I think— People came from all over town, that's and that's, that's one well. of the great things about the Christmas pageants mm-hmm. is, or plays, or whatever, whatever you want to call, call it, it. Yeah. yeah, is that there's so many people from the community who may never go to church any other time, but because you know your neighbors in it, or their friend, or their yeah. niece, or nephew, or whatever, they'll come and see, and they'll hear the Christmas story maybe for the first time, that's like true. the the real reason for the season, as they say. And I think that is something that's really great, and. Something that uh, kind of leads to the living Christmas tree, too, yes. is, is we um, sing carols that are rich in theology Absolutely. at Christmas time. And that's something that, like, people, I mean, they're playing on main radio stations. Mm-hmm. People are singing them that may or may not have a relationship with God, but they're singing these gospel messages. And it's such a powerful thing when you really think about it, like mm-hmm. how saturated our world is for just for a month or two, depending on when you decide to start playing Christmas music, um, with the gospel, like with sure. Jesus came, you know, joy to the world. He is here. Our Messiah has come. Yeah. And and that's such a special thing. And I don't know if you feel this way, mm-hmm. but every once in a while, like during the season, I love listening to radio stations mm-hmm. that are playing Christmas music. Yeah. But so many of them are just playing like the secular Christmas. Jingle bells. Yeah. And, yeah. Which, you know, those are always fun. Mm-hmm. But I always think, I really wish that we did hear more yeah. of that gospel-rich right. Christmas. Even I, and I'm going to get this story wrong, but I heard something recently about Handel's Messiah mm-hmm. and just how um, he wrote that in his mid fifties. Really, and it, it it was a time in his life where he was really reflective on mm-hmm. some other things, and he spent the time that he spent writing that and how much better that we are because of what he spent time investing yeah. in that and. And I know it's very kind of high church, and I don't right. think a lot of churches do yeah. Handel's Messiah any longer. But there's just something about that that kind of just yes. rings Christmas to me. And mm-hmm. I, it's not even really just about Christmas, but it is Right, but it is. Because yeah. really, I mean, any gospel song's Christmas. Right. Yes. And yeah. I, um, I'm an advocate of not listening to Christmas music, like in my car and stuff, yes. until after Thanksgiving. I'm the same way. But— I kind of wish we sung more Christmas songs, like Christmas carols throughout the whole year at church, like as part of our worship, because there are so many of them that, like I said, are just so rich in theology. And um, especially like the later verses, a lot of them that maybe the verses we don't know as well um, are so rich in theology. And I think that would be such a a great thing to just sing those Mm -hmm. songs throughout the whole year to remind us of Jesus is the Messiah. You know, he is the promised one exactly. that has come for us. And so so if you um, had to pick a favorite, I, I mean, I know this is like yeah. putting me on the spot. I think it would be Oh Holy Night. Really? I just one. really love that one. And and really, we only hear the first verse a lot of times. Right. And the latter part of that mm-hmm. song is amazing. It's all beautiful. Yes. The it whole really thing. is. What about you? What's your favorite? Ooh, um, I do like Silent Night, mm-hmm. but I, I, I do like Joy to the World. Yes, that's a good one too. Yeah, there's there's so many good yeah. ones. Recently, I actually pulled the audience on my personal Instagram because I, my sister and I were talking about how "Go Tell It on the Mountain." Neither yes. of us realized it was a Christmas song until we really? were adults. 
Oh, because you did. You probably didn't grow up with a hymnal. Well, we did. You did because in the hymnal, it's with the Christmas songs. Well, we did, but for some reason, we did not associate that with Christmas. And I don't know if it's because my church sang it all year long, or if it's because our church just sang it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Or it doesn't quite have the same like jingle belly sound to it. It doesn't. And so maybe, but anyway, it was kind of surprising because I had several people that were like, yeah, I didn't know it was a Christmas song either. But it's clearly like, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. (laughs) But for some reason, none of us associated it with Christmas. So that's an example of a song that maybe is sung year round in a lot of churches. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely, let's explain. Oh, you faithful. That would be one that you could definitely sing for For sure. Let's explain living Christmas trees because I feel like that's something that is not a concept outside of church. Maybe and, it is sometimes. And I'm not even sure if you're a younger person, maybe mm-hmm. you've even seen a living Christmas maybe. tree. Maybe. I feel like there are some churches are that some, still do them. I mean, Elizabeth, you're, you're on the younger side, yeah. I would say. So and have you been in one? I was not in one in the choir. Okay. Um, they had it at the church where I was in the pageant, like worshiping Jesus, but not in the Christmas tree portion. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I, it kind of scared me. Well, to it, be, I've done it several times. Yeah. So in college, the girls' glee club that I was mm-hmm. in, we had one that we, we had the hanging of the green ceremony. Yes. And so it was very rickety. So it was a little right. scary. And you weren't really sure, like, who is built. Like, you didn't yeah. really want, you wanted to be up high enough, but then it was scary to be up high right. because then you're thinking, what if I fall? But you also don't want candle <laughs> wax dripping on your head. Mm-hmm. But then, the the church ones I was in, they were a little bit bigger yeah. and they were much more stable, and so um, we had we actually at our church had two wow. living Christmas trees, and okay. they had all this incredible lighting, uh-huh. and they timed the lighting with wow. the songs. It was very high tech for yeah. nineteen ninety five. <laughs> yes, so a living Christmas tree is essentially like yeah, what is it? like a bleacher sort of thing in the shape of a Christmas tree. So you're standing in like tiers up until like, and then the top, Tier may only have one to oh, three people, one person, and just one person. And sometimes you were the that's superstar. very yeah. competitive. <laughs> it I is hear. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a big deal to be at the top of the living Christmas tree. And so you're standing like as high, essentially as high as your sanctuary will allow. A lot of times, I, I want to say the ones that those the two that we mm-hmm. had those big ones. Yeah, that makes me wonder. Like how tall was it? It was probably because we had a really big yeah. sanctuary, and they were they were big. I Maybe bet. like a couple stories. Yes. Yeah. And so I you're bet standing they were 30, up there. 40 feet high. Yeah. And usually it's the choir, yes. that, the church yes. choir that'll go in there and they sing Christmas carols from these tiers. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a Christmas tree that's alive with music. Mm-hmm. And so it's just something that like I didn't I I think my uncle's church did it when I was growing up. Yeah. So I saw it there. But then in college my church did it. Um a living Christmas tree. And I feel like I've heard of a few still. I don't think yeah. they're as popular as they used I don't to be. Either. But, but like the one in college we actually yeah. held the can we held you know, real candles. Real candles. That was really sang. risky. It was risky <laughs> because you're talking um, flammable mm-hmm. greenery on a rickety on a rickety yes, tree. Tree. Yeah, that wow. was scary. But then the newer ones, you don't take candles. You just they have lights. Like okay. they're already pre-programmed lights and everything. So yeah. you're just getting up there and you're singing. Yeah, I think the awesome. one at my yeah. church in college, they had pre-programmed lights yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um. 
But it is. Yeah. That's one of those things. Unless, you, but like again, it's yeah. a great way to invite people because people kind of want right. to come to. Just don't explain different. it. Just say come to the, yes. <laughs> see the living Christmas yes. tree and just see what it is. Um, and yeah, so that kind of leads us. You're talking about candles. And Mary Margaret and I talked about this a little bit when we talked about the Advent study, Mm -hmm. but a lot of churches do Advent candles. And my church really didn't do them consistently when I was growing up. Uh It was kind of when I was in high school that they started doing it every year. And I don't know that it was always completely explained why we're lighting candles and all of that kind of stuff. Did your church do it? We we did probably the last ten years. Okay, um, the church, both the church in Oklahoma and the church mm-hmm. here in Tennessee. Yeah, every week, kind of those those Advent weeks leading mm-hmm. up, and um, different families and, yes. and different. I, I think you and I talked about this last year that you actually yeah. were part of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really great that your staff looked at it and said, this isn't just for like married with children. Right. We mm-hmm. want to represent the whole body of, of our family here, yeah. which means single adults and mm-hmm. teenagers or children or widows or whatever that looks right. like, which I thought that was really special, Elizabeth, that yeah. you guys did that. Yeah. My church. Um, so basically each week somebody will come up and light the candle. Mm-hmm. And usually churches have you read a scripture yeah. or passage and uh, maybe to say a prayer. And that's how my church does it now is um, so a family will come up and they'll light the candle, read some verses of, of the Christmas story usually or mm-hmm. about Christmas or something like that, light the candle and then say a prayer. And uh, each week there's a hope, love, joy, peace. Yes. And churches do those in different orders. Yeah, because um, we, boy, we had a big discussion about that yes, didn't we? when we were putting we the Advent study together. Yes. Yeah. So different orders for which ones you do when, but mm-hmm. essentially you light a candle for each one. And this last year, my church asked me to do that. Um, and so I went up there and as a family unit and lit it. Um, my pastor actually helped me light it because there was a lot to balance with the Bible, a microphone and a lighter. Uh, to that's light true. But uh, that's one of my favorite things that it's a very um, beautiful moment and often a somber moment. But one of my favorite things is when the lighter won't light. And so you just hear like a (laughs) click, 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 click click, um, throughout the church building. But uh, Or it's one of those lighters that's just like really hard to find. Have you ever had one of those? (laughs) Yeah. uh, uh, Yeah. And it's such a that's when you wish that everybody had a candle, like in the candlelight service. You just light that last one. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's something that um, and in our Advent guide, which we'll talk about a little bit later too. But in our Advent gu- Bible study, it has some verses that you could read if you want to light the Advent candles in your home. Mm-hmm. So each week you can do that and kind of include the kids or include yeah. your neighbors or whatever and um, just light the candles in your home. Yeah. And it just makes such a sweet like moment for mm-hmm. um, for remembering that Christ is the light of the world and that he brings yeah. love, hope peace and joy to our lives. Did you do it in your home? Did you have one growing up? I did not, no. A couple years ago, I did one, just me, Uh in my home, and I got a little Advent wreath online. Yeah, because you can get them all. Yeah, and um, just did it for myself when I was doing Mm -hmm. my Advent. I was doing an Advent Bible study at the time, and so every night I would kind of light the one for that week. And the cool thing about it is so at the end of the – the season, you're supposed to have all of them have been lit, but they're at different levels because you've lit them 
at different yeah, times throughout the true. season. And um, that's another fun thing is watching the wax fall at your church. <laughs> because <laughs> There was uh, one year that our candles were a little close to the greenery and we were all just like nervously watching it during the whole sermon. So just check on that. If you're yeah, like, uh, leading the church candle thing, just make sure the greenery is in plenty of... By dripless candles. Yeah. <laughs> yes, dripless candles. Although... They say that sometimes, but they still. Right. Sometimes just make sure that greenery do. isn't super close to the flames, yeah. just in case. Uh, well, yeah. we would do something even in our family. So we've had an Advent mm-hmm. like candle before that we yeah. had on our dining room table, and, and we would do that. But the thing my kids really loved the most was mm-hmm. we we would do kind of an Advent calendar. Oh, yeah. And we made it. Mm-hmm. We, we'd take construction paper, and I got this from a friend of mine, uh, and— we would make them like two pieces of construction paper. We made them into trees. Oh, they yeah. would decorate them mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving. It was kind of a Thanksgiving craft. But th- we put the two together. would leave an opening at the bottom mm-hmm. where we could put a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. That was the activity that we did for oh, the day. Cute. And it mm-hmm. had a verse that we read together yeah. about the Christmas story. And so every morning, like my kids, that was the first thing they wanted to do was open the Christmas yeah. tree, find out what we were doing that day. Because I would plan activities if you're a mom of children who aren't reading, the best part about that is you can change it and they don't know <laughs> yes. because you're like, oh, we can't do that today. Right. <laughs> but it, it would be so simple things like we're going to mail Christmas cards mm-hmm. today or we're going to go buy socks for um, – we had a sock tree at church where oh, we did cute. for missions. Mm-hmm. Um, so little things like that. But always putting a verse from yeah. the Christmas story just to kind of remind them that this is why. This, right. This is why we have Advent and this is why we prepare our hearts yeah. for Christmas. Another thing you just mentioned that's a great segue is uh, missions. And so a lot of churches do different kinds of missions projects during Christmas time. Um, I've been to churches where they do an angel tree, Mm -hmm. uh, the shoe boxes. Absolutely. I think we may have passed the date for shoe boxes this year. It's usually in November. But um, Operation Christmas Child does shoe boxes every year and they present the gospel to children. And so that's a great thing to just kind of mark on your calendar for next year. Um, And then... Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Absolutely. And if you did not grow up Southern Baptist, you may not know who Lottie Moon is, but she was a missionary to China in the 1800s. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Actually, she passed away on Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve. Okay. And so that was one of the reasons that we've kind of associated it Mm -hmm. with Christmas. Um, And so, yes, absolutely. um, Her sacrifice and she was such an advocate for Mm -hmm. missions and for missionaries. Yeah. Um, She did a lot of things for them. And so she just really became the face of Southern Baptist missions for international missions. Right. And so they just have honored her legacy with that. And it is the primary funding for a lot of our international missions right. through that denomination. Yeah, and and every year that was part of like my church Christian Christmas traditions was making some sort of bank usually for yes. a Lottie Moon Christmas offering and trying to figure out how much you can give, loose change. A lot of times we collected. And um, I think one Christmas our church had a goal of like funding a house for missionaries. That's awesome. I think it was at Christmas, but we um, – Kind of every they bought like this dollhouse, and for every time we would meet a yes. goal, they would kind of paint one section or something like yeah. that. So then we we were able to fund a whole house for 
a missionary. I believe that was the offering it was for. It was for some missionary offering, sure. but I think it was Lottie Moon. And so that was kind of like a, we would light the Advent candle and then kind of update the house and see how yeah. far it was filled up. And and so that was a, a fun thing yeah. and definitely something that's easy to support. And um, we'll put links in our show notes to say, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. They can Moon go Christmas to WMU.com mm-hmm. or they can go to IMB. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's either imb.com or imb.org. I can't remember. Yeah. But, um, we'll put the yeah, just, we'll put the address in, yeah, in the yeah. show notes so you can just click over to learn how yeah. your church could get involved in that or how you personally can get involved yeah. in that. And you know, one of the things we did for my kids when they were growing up, and the, mm-hmm. the church still does this, uh, we had a truck stop ministry. Oh. And we don't often think about um, truckers mm-hmm. that have to work on Christmas Day. Yeah, that's that true. Are, they're just part, they're on the road. Right. And so through our truck stop ministry, we would get those really inexpensive red net stockings. Uh-huh. And we had a list of hygiene items, mm-hmm. and we would also include a small New Testament yeah. and a note from our family saying that we were praying for their safety on mm-hmm. Christmas Day and for their family. And that became such a blessing for, for not just them, but so our truck stop ministry would actually go on Christmas morning, and yeah. they would give them to the truckers who were at the truck stop. That's a cool and, ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, I mean, there's lots of creative And there's creative some churches that do, do like soup kitchens on Christmas yeah. morning or serve Christmas breakfast. And um, there's just lots of ways to give back to your community. So we encourage you to to look in, into that and see what your church might do. And it doesn't have to be on Christmas Day. I know there's a lot of people that have stuff going on on Christmas oh, Day. Sure. But there's, there's so many ways that we can kind of share the love of Jesus during that time of year. And, and it makes an easy conversation to just say, this is why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And and with the winter season, a lot of times ministries um, rely on Christmas donations and true. then rely on them to get them through the rest, rest of the winter. Um, one other thing that I wanted to read and talk about. Oh, yeah. Let's uh, go back to the Instagram post. Yes. So this is from Gracious Purpose Mama on Instagram. And she says, my church does an all-church Christmas dinner. And everyone comes. So tables are filled with a variety of people, and there's a lot of people that invite their uh, non-church-going friends and their neighbors and out-of-town relatives. And so they all just kind of sit together. And then at the end, they sing carols together. But my favorite part is the whole church does the 12 Days of Christmas with hand motions. That's so awesome. I would love to see a video of that. So if if you could send that to us, that would be great. Please do. But if you do, we could put something on on our website. Yes, it is so funny. And so actually my dad and I have a Christmas tradition where we dance to the 12 Days of Christmas song and do like motions to each day. I need to see this too. Which it gets really fun towards the end when you're doing them all Because your family seems very, very fun, Elizabeth. They are. They're pretty fun. And we also have the Muppet version of 12 Days of Christmas. There you so go. that's what we do the dance to. Mm-hmm. It's not just a regular version. It's Muppets singing all the <laughs> all the verses. Or it's a fun Christmas party thing to just mm-hmm. like divide people up into groups and give oh, them one of the Christmas yeah. and then they have to come up with their own motions. That could be a fun game and, too. Yes, just exactly. all do it together. Yeah, so we could do that at women's. Oh, I don't know. Got to think <laughs> about that. Yes, but it's it's really fun. And what I love about that is not just the twelve days of Christmas, but how so many churches. Like we talked about this a little bit earlier. 
earlier, but invite everyone in, and it's a way to participate in your yes. church community. So there are activities going on during Christmas that may not happen other times of year that just really bring everyone together, both the people outside of your church, but also the people that are already in your church that you may not do daily life with or may not be in small group with or in mm-hmm. Sunday school with. But this is a way to kind of get to know different people in your church, whether it's serving or yeah. eating together or having Christmas parties or whatever you're doing. I feel like yeah. Christmas just kind of brings everybody together. It does. And mm-hmm. I th- I think what you're saying, too, is have some purpose in it. Yeah. You know, like be purposeful. And uh, I think we try to talk about that even in women's ministry circles yeah. of, you know, if you're going to do something at Christmas, you know, have some kind of purpose in right. that. And and what are you giving back? Or, mm-hmm. or how are you developing community? Or is this a way for you to get to know each other in right. a different way? Because uh, we forget that Christmas is a lonely time for a yes. lot of people, too. Mm-hmm. So it's a good time for us to... I, I love that they invite people to their dinner. Yeah. So and that good. they all kind of sit, yeah. not necessarily in their usual groups, but just like there's a table with babies and mm-hmm. senior adults and people outside the church just all together sitting yeah. and enjoying a meal, which is feels very like New Testament church. Just it we're breaking does. bread it together. Does. Yeah. So before we go, we're almost out of time. Okay. But... How did these traditions and memories mark your Christmas celebrations even to this day? How did I maybe put you on the spot? No, it's okay. okay. <laughs> I, I do think that especially when you are a mom mm-hmm. and you and you see how your kids um I it's interesting that my kids are pretty sentimental about yeah. some of those traditions. Mm-hmm. Like if you um, if you don't keep them or if something's not done, right. it's almost like, but that's the way we always do it. Yes. <laughs> and so I think that marks your family. Mm-hmm. And I think you find you don't have to do everything. Right. I think you find the one or two things that you go, this marks our family mm-hmm. or this makes us unique. This is what we do. This is how we celebrate. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's um, a certain breakfast that you have. Like we always had cinnamon rolls and sausage balls yeah. for, for whatever reason. But yet it's kind of like that's the expectation and mm-hmm. and that we were that we would maybe, you know, talk through the Christmas story. That yeah. that the candlelight service was was something that was expected. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a are we going or are we not going, but that was just gonna be something that was part of what our family was going to be part of. So I think right. those those things do mark you, and mm-hmm. and even just as we talked about songs, yeah, don't the songs kind of? Mark I think us the songs too? is probably the biggest marker for me. Yeah. Is just the singing the songs, and I've had real moments of worship and devotion. Just even in my car, just putting on yeah. like a Christmas worship album and just listening to the words of "Oh Holy Night" or "Oh Come yeah. All You Faithful," and and how beautiful they are, and how they remind us of why we're celebrating the season. And I think those mark me to this day, and I'm so glad I grew up in a tradition that celebrated that sang them and celebrated Christmas. And um, as silly as it may be, some, from sometimes like we have donkeys going rogue, and we have like yes. babies crying yeah. and living Christmas trees, people's hair catching on fire. But it all, in the end, yeah. points us to Jesus, which is the important thing. And, and I, don't you know, the, our first Christmas. It was, was loud there and was, crazy there too. Was loud, there was chaos. <laughs> yes. I mean, when you think about, it I'm almost sure there just was makes a lot you think. Chaos. You know, he probably did that on purpose. I mean, yeah. I know he did it on purpose, but yeah. to just say, like, yeah, the first Christmas was not a silent night, and it was not, you know, everything was not, not calm sanitary, and, and everything was yeah. all put together, and and and, and maybe you know, part of the reason for that is just so that 
when we celebrate and our Christmas does yeah. not look Instagram worthy or, <laughs> exactly. you know, everybody's not quiet and just sitting around listening to the Christmas story being read from Luke 2. Like it's, yes. you know, so peaceful and calm that that's a reminder to us, too, that like God came into this chaotic that's world right. to bring us hope and to bring peace, to bring peace and joy in the midst of all of that. Yeah. So, so thankful for that. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of just some of our Christmas traditions. Before we go, we did want to mention the Advent study again. I know Mary Margaret and I did an episode about the Advent study, and we mentioned it a few times. Yeah. But um, this is a Bible study from Lifeway that is done this year. Kelly and I both got to contribute to it, and it's just a beautiful way to remind yourself of the reason for the season. And it's got some and, great activities for, yes. to do with children. So those are things that people want to check out too. Yeah. And um, so pick that up. We'll put a link in the show notes. But if you go to lifeway.com slash advent study, advent starts December 1st this year. So you can get you your time. copy right. and um, start participating in it. And you can choose to participate with people in your church or in your neighborhood or in your home or just by yourself. Um, it's a study that's meant to do with groups or by yourself because we wanted to make it easy for you to do that and just to get in the word this Christmas. So thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.